don't beat you over the head with our opinion. And we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. I am Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone, and you are listening to Voice America Women's Network. And joining me this morning is my co-host, Lauren Deller. How are you this morning, Lauren? Good morning, Catherine. How are you? You can barely get that one out. (laughs) Well, I just got back from Texas, and uh, I was at Lauren's studio last week, so I know where you're coming from. Did the nanny come so we can do the show? She came early today. Good. New listeners, Lauren has a two-year-old. We were like waiting anxiously, baby in hand, trying to hook up the studio to get on the air. Well, it's this morning. We have a great guest this morning, Lauren, because you know travel is my thing, right? I mean, it is your thing. It's, yeah. And it's a glorious thing. And it is a glorious thing, but I've got someone on the show this morning, travel expert. She's traveled even more than I have, Mary Beth Bond, because they call her the gutsy traveler. She just wrote a new book. She's wrote many books on travel, especially women's travel, but this one's called Best Girlfriend Getaways, and Mary Beth has walked, hiked, climbed, cycled, and kayaked her way across six continents and 70 countries, and she's going to talk to us today about how to navigate the world as a woman traveler, offering tips, practical advice. Mary Beth has been on Oprah, travel expert for CBS Evening Magazine, and is the adventure editor for Travel Magazine. Also, she's going to be in Washington, D.C. on the 29th and 30th at the Travel Expo, where I plan to go, so maybe I'll get to see her in person. Welcome to the show, Mary Beth. Nice to have you on this morning. Well, thank you, Catherine. Uh, I'm happy to be with you, and I hope to meet you in person, too. You are. I'm going to come right up to wherever you are, booth. I don't know, but anyway, we have, we have to talk about it. I'll be at the National Geographic booth, and I speak on Sunday from 1 to 2 all about girlfriend getaways. Terrific. Okay, girlfriend <laughs> getaways. This is great. You've written a book. Now, tell us, okay, why girlfriend getaways? I mean, I know that it's become a huge business. Women are traveling more than they ever did. What is it, $125 billion women are spending on traveling? So um, why is it special when women travel? What is it, why is it different for us? Why do we need books about girlfriend getaways? Oh, well, we need to get away because just as you were talking about with the nanny and women take everything upon ourselves, we put everyone ahead of ourselves, and we need to take time for ourselves and get away, and especially with our girlfriends, because we have so much fun. We laugh a lot. We share. It, traveling together with women is like therapy. We talk. We laugh. We share. It's like summer camp. There's a sense of freedom. We are not responsible for anyone but ourselves. So it's really important to give ourselves that gift of travel from time to time. And it doesn't mean that we're out philandering. We come back renewed and recharged to our marriages and our work lives and and um, it's just really good for us, plus it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think you bring up really, well, several good points, Mary Beth, because number one, you're just, it's a form of therapy, I think that's true, and you're not traveling, you're not a spouse, you're not a partner, you're not a mother, so you don't feel like you have to attend to other people's needs or family needs, you're just out there to have a good time, right? That's uh, absolutely right. I mean, what fun to just let your hair down yeah. and not and, have to take care of anyone but yourself. So how do we pick these girlfriend getaways? Are there, are there places like globally that are best place, better places for us to go 
Maybe I should ask you this. Are there places in the world that women can't go by themselves or shouldn't go? Should we put it? That's kind of putting it in the negative. But are there places that are really um, places that welcome women travelers? Well, let's put it this way. Um, I think that there I have lots of suggestions in my book, you know, uh, Best Girlfriend Getaways Worldwide. And you should tailor your trip with your girlfriends to what you love and your passion. However, as you suggested, there are certain places that are more female-friendly. And I believe that there are things that women love when we travel. And there may be things that men could care a little less about. Um, we like to go to farmer's markets. We love outdoor cafes. Um, if we have the time, many of us like to take a cooking class. Uh, we like to go on walking tours of gardens or just go through gardens, maybe an afternoon in a spot, walk an artsy neighborhood. So there are places in the world that are more conducive to being female-friendly and where a woman is comfortable. I'd say worldwide avoid places where women are not seen independently on the streets. It means that it's going to be tough for you as a woman. Go to a place where women have rights. You know, cosmopolitan cities like Paris, London, Buenos Aires, I mean, uh, Buenos Aires is not as, it goes south of the border, it's less expensive, you can learn to tango, you can shop until you drop great leather, wonderful food, great uh, places to visit, neighborhoods to walk through with wonderful architecture, so there are a lot of exciting places to go, if, we, if you like adventure, I like uh, to walk, and so, you know, I have a whole chapter on the best, um, wonderful walks worldwide, the Inca Trail in Peru, the Cotswolds Way in England. Zermatt in Switzerland. You can stay in one place, charming little place, and then just take day walks out from there. And what a, a good walking city that I have been to also is Prague is another one of those walking cities where you just can walk, you know, for 12 hours. I think I walked for 12 hours uh, one day just walking through the city and still hadn't finished seeing the city. I agree with you. Yeah. I have Prague in a chapter called Expand Your Mind. You know, a lot of us, when we go away, we want to come back with two things, something new in our pocket because we are the shoppers. We're going to take care of the person that took care of the plants or the dog. We always have <laughs> birthdays. We want to come back with something in our pocket. We want to come back with something new in our mind. So I have in the book a whole uh, section on art classes in Prague. And Prague is just the center it's the it's like Paris in the 40s or the 50s. It's so beautiful and so exciting, and it's female-friendly. So there's another idea. You know, do something like an art class at the Toronto Film Festival, maybe summer classes in Cambridge, England. There are lots and lots of ideas of fun things to do with your so girlfriend. So, Meredith, how far, I mean, you've mentioned so many, and uh, at least three of those <laughs> appeal to me, and I'm ready to go. But how far ahead should we be planning? I mean, I, like, I mean, you've mentioned some fantastic trips, and obviously you can go to Mary Beth's book, Best Girlfriends Getaway Worldwide, buy the book, and you'll have it all in front of you. But how, you know, how much, I, I know we have to plan the trip, but how, how far ahead do we need to be planning these trips? depends upon how far you're going and, and how hard it is for you to get your vacation time and to organize it with your girlfriends. I'd say at least, um, you know, if you're going to take a road trip with some girlfriends or your daughter or your sister, then that's easy. You hop in the car and you go. If you're going to go to um, a, a popular city, let's say, you know, Paris or London or Buenos Aires, you know, or the place that we've been discussing, I think you should plan at least a month before. And as I say in the book under Paris, I say if you're going in September, ooh, tough time to go. That's when there are all of the fashion shows and and it's really tough. Conventions, really tough to get a hotel room. So kind of do some research in advance to find out if that's going to be a really difficult time to go and if airfares or other things are going to be really expensive. And then see if you can travel 
Right. Uh, on the shoulder season. Give us some good tips now. Uh, here's one, because I'm trying to kind of hone in on this fact, and I know that you talk about this. What are some good tips for packing? I mean, packing today is really important, especially now with security and all of those kinds of things. And women, I will say, although not in my case with my partner, he takes more than I do. I, women tend to take more stuff with them when they travel, which I don't think is such a good idea. So what are some good tips for worldwide girlfriend getaways? What should we be packing or what should we not be packing? Okay, um, so it, it, the heaviest thing you're going to pack are your shoes, right? Right. Your shoes. And um, so you want to limit those, I'd say, two, three max, a very comfortable pair that you're going to wear on the plane that are going to be your walking shoes. One pair of maybe black flats or short heel that will be for, for dress-up, and then maybe a pair of um, sandals or flip-flops, something comfortable, but no more than that. And then I say, take uh, be sure to pack an empty duffel for purchases. Very thin, but an extra bag and a duffel bag. So if you buy things, you're not out hunting the night before you fly back for a bag to put your, you know, your your new new clothing in. <laughs> and then there are certain things that that if you forget them, they're inconvenient and it's very time consuming to get it. And so I want to give you some tips of things you might not have thought of: nail clippers. Oh, my gosh, you break a nail and it's jagged. And we can bring those on the plane now? Nail clippers are not considered a weapon? They're not. You can bring all these things on the plane. Nail clippers, tweezers, nail polish remover. And don't buy the bottle. Buy those little packages you rip open and there's a little cloth inside. But there's nothing worse than hunting for that in a foreign country. And then hand sanitizer. A small container. Keep it in your purse. You can share it with your pals before you eat a croissant, which you're going to touch with your fingers or chips or any finger food, it'll help keep you healthy. And my biggest tip for packing is start at least one week before you go. Put out your suitcase. Put out your clothes. Then you will coordinate your clothes around basic colors, something like black or beige, you know, khaki. And you know what else, Mary Beth, you will do? I think that's great advice because I want to add another piece to that. Sometimes when you do that, as you say in the book and as you, the advice you're giving us, one of the things is if you do that, you tend to, after uh, maybe a couple of days, be able to eliminate some of the stuff. You know, you put all the things in your suitcase, you think you need them, and then if you give yourself time, you'll take some of that stuff away by the end so that you don't have a huge suitcase. That's right. You You will end up packing a lot less, and you'll discover, ooh, that blouse has a spot. Or, ooh, that one needs a button sewn on. And you'll realize, remember, people only remember what you wear from the waist up. So you can take basically one pair of black pants, a second pair of khaki pants, and different tops. The way you you pack lightly is to accessorize. You take scarves and cheap jewelry. Never take your good jewelry. you know. And um, with those things, you can make one outfit look like four or five outfits. Great advice, and that's true. And I, I, I try to, I do follow. I, I mean, I've, um, <laughs> I've been on your website, and I want to make sure that uh, listeners know they can go to gustytraveler.com because you have a lot, you have a lot of advice. We've just covered just a little bit of it in terms of what's good for packing, but there's also <laughs> what when you go to certain countries, how you should dress, and you have to be very aware of what the cultural norms are. And you talk about that in detail. I think that's real important, especially in that. Yeah, go ahead. The site is gutsy. I'm sorry, gusty. you said gusty. It's I gusty, said gusty. I've been saying gusty you, all week now. You know why? We women are gutsy. We don't realize it, but look at all we do at home. We are already gutsy. We just need to step out the door and take care of ourselves, right? 
Absolutely, I totally agree, and I think it's, yeah, it's so great. And I, but because we are going all over the world, and we're going, and as you mentioned in the book, I mean, we are going to Muslim cultures, different cultures, even Latin America. You have to be very careful. You know, you don't wear tight short skirts. Uh, if it's not appropriate in that country. Uh, in a lot I mean, of countries, even exposing cleavage is not appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, things that here at home are, are fashionable, but we need to find out what those are before we go so that not only do we not attract unwanted attention, but we might have a negative experience. And why not, you know, be respectful of the culture. Yeah, and you'll have a great experience. Go to gutsytraveler.com. How's that? Also, on Sunday, the 29th or the 30th, Washington, D.C., the Travel Expo. Is it the 29th or the 30th? Sunday's the 30th, I believe. 30th. And you're going to be speaking from 1 to 2? That's right. And I'll be there. Oh, I look forward to meeting you, Catherine, and any other women that come out, bring your questions. I've got lots of answers and ideas. Yes. (laughs) Mary Beth has so much more to say. This was just such a short segment. We'll have to have you back. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning, and I'll see you in a couple weeks. Okay. Thank you, Catherine, and happy travels. Thank you. You're listening to Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller on Voice America Women's Network. Stay with us. We'll be back in a minute. Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Experts say everybody is addicted to something. Did you know that addiction affects about 15% of our country's middle-class population? How many people do you know who are dependent on some kind of substance? Would you guess your friends, your neighbors? How about your family? You may be surprised. Many of us live with chronic pain, which has made us drug-dependent, prescription drug-dependent. Others struggle with alcohol, methamphetamine, and cocaine addiction. Do you have a chronic pain problem? There is another way out. Tune in each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for a new prescription for health with Dr. Richard Gracer on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with the microphone. Good morning again, and thanks for being with us this morning, Lauren. Uh, so, what do you think about women's travel? Have you traveled? Do you travel alone a lot? As you know, I do because I was well, traveling through Texas. I don't know if that's a uh, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, a the, uh, place, I used but... to travel a lot more alone 
BS before Sierra. Yeah. <laughs> BS, exactly. BS. Yeah. yeah. And I and I missed it. I actually traveled the other day by myself, the other day, a month ago by myself, and I have another trip coming up in a couple months um, by myself. I like traveling by myself, and I also like traveling with women. I think she's right. It's like we I laugh a ton. You know, I could, I laugh, everything, I, I laugh on the plane, we laugh, every, you know, it's fun. Yeah, women, are, it is fun, and you don't have to, another part of that is, and I think you don't have to feel like you don't have to look that great, you're not concerned about, you know, how you look, you're, you're just, you can just totally be yourself, and you're right, laughing. Um, I went on a trip once, I sat, we were sitting, I think we got bumped up to like first class, and we finished off this other woman and I finished off two bottles of white wine. It's easy to do. <laughs> easy to do. And all the men are sitting around there, these businessmen, very sober, looking at their books. And, you know, the flight attendant kept asking us, do we want more to drink? And sure. Exactly. <laughs> we had, they had to walk us off the plane. I mean, it was really fun. But she does mention some things that you do if you're traveling alone. Um, I do think if you are alone, let's say, and you're not with an, a girlfriend or even with a girlfriend, maybe you really should make sure that you, you, you got to – it's a good idea to stay at a nice place so that you don't get harassed. And so maybe you may end up spending a little more money to make sure you're in a safer place than maybe – I don't know if I would – than you maybe ordinarily, you know, don't cut corners on your – I actually I, – I agree with that. And I – it's funny, when I travel alone, I just want to naturally stay in a nicer place because I'm by myself, so I want to take advantage of the amenities and the, you know, the nice things around. So I can't imagine skimping when I'm alone. I'd rather skimp in another, you know, other, other ways. Yeah. <laughs> skimp when you're with your husband, but not when you're with, by yourself. Yeah, that's what I did. Well, before I came to see you in Austin, and for those listeners who don't know, I was visiting you in Austin last week. We did the show from Austin. But before that, I was in Dallas. And I stayed at the I mean, mansion at Turtle Creek, which was beautiful, and they have one of the best restaurants in the city. And it was like um, one of my friends said to me, well, you're going to go and eat by yourself in the restaurant? Are you going to be uncomfortable? I said, never. No, never. I mean, there are places and things I do that make me uncomfortable, but I don't think eating this wonderful meal is going to make me uncomfortable. And this was a very fancy dining room, went in by myself. They were wonderful, gracious. There were two other women eating alone, and there were two other men eating alone. So it's kind of the norm and the trend today. I anyway. agree with you. I have no trouble eating alone. I remember once, I forget what city I was in. I can picture the restaurant perfectly. But I was went into a restaurant. I was eat, uh, went to go have a breakfast, I think. And I had a nice amount of time. I remember it was, it was very luxurious time-wise. You know, just I had a lot of leisure time. And I brought this book with me, and I couldn't put it down. I couldn't put the book down. And I was remember laughing out loud and crying, and um, I couldn't help myself. The book was so good, and the waiter came up to me and said, "You know, is everything okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine. This is such a good book, you know. <laughs> Everything's and, great." Yeah, and I was breakfast time. And he says, "Can I get you anything? More tea, more tea." You know, I was probably sat there for two and a half hours, and he was fine with it. I was fine with it. Left him a nice tip. He was okay. You know, it's just it was. Yeah, if the waiter gets his tip. He's happy. I mean, the people who are serving you, and you're happy. Exactly. Here's another one, though, Lauren. They say she suggests that in, to, on gutsy traveler. I don't know. Why I was calling it gusty traveler, but gutsy traveler. She said, "Wear a wedding ring if you don't." have one That's already you know i did that kind of instinctively i mean i don't think anybody's going to be hitting on me but still <laughs> you know delusions of grandeur but i did put my ring on i wear it on my right hand uh-huh. uh and i and i'm not married but i did put it on my left hand and i just it sort of did that instinctively now i don't know why but i did and she does suggest that maybe 
I mean, if you're a young girl and you want to meet people, I don't think it's a good idea. But anyway, she makes that suggestion on the gutsytraveler.com on the website. I don't know. That's if interesting. Yeah. I, well, you know, I don't always wear my wedding ring. I tend to, I, I tend, my husband and I both tend to leave ours on the vanity sink, you know. <laughs> oh, that, uh, that's a therapy session. Like, it is. It's just, I mean, we both put it on, but we both take it off. And sometimes I have it on and sometimes I don't. But I do notice when I travel, I put it on. Just, I, you know, and he does the same. It's interesting. So, yeah, well, it's interesting that you both wear the take it off and put it on. There's a whole psychological thing. I'm not going to even get into it. Let's not go there, right? Social worker uh, with a microphone. Yeah, exactly. I'm not even going to go there with that one. But she does talk about it. And I, I want to, you know, in um, and I think I mentioned I talked to you about this last week. You know, we were in a Muslim Muslim uh, country in uh, Dubai, and it you don't have to wear you can dress in Western clothes. That's not a problem at all. Most people do, but. The Muslim women are wearing burqas or they're wearing a bias and they're cover- the burqa's covering your face and uh-huh. the other's co- covering your body. And, I, you, you know, you need to be aware that then you don't wear tight, tight pants and skirts, you, you know, up to your upper thighs. That's just not appropriate. Right. And most of the time you don't see that, even with the Western European, American, Australian, or Russian women. But sometimes you do, and it really does stand out, and it really is kind of not the right thing to do. That I mean, I, you have to be aware of that, I think, when you go to complete cultures that are very different like that. Not true in Europe or, or um, the other Western countries, but definitely something to consider. I do think it's important to know, like, to know where you're traveling and what the, the norms are. You know, when in Rome, do as the Romans, you know? Yeah, and, and, and be aware of that. And people will respect you more for that, too, I think. You know, here's another piece of advice. It, when you travel, and if you take things on the trip, let's say, that you're considering getting rid of, what I do is I take those on the trip, and then let's say this was their last, you know, the last time I was going to wear them, and then I just, if they're nice, I leave them in the hotel room, and if the maid wants to take them, she can, and they do sometimes in third world countries, or I just throw them away if they're just not worth it, so that it lightens the load, and then you can buy new stuff to bring home. And That's a great bring, idea. Yeah, and then you don't have to bring a new buy a new suitcase. Which you can do anyway, but today, That's you know. funny. I never thought to do that. I do do that. I have a, we have a second house, that rent, a rental house in Screen Lake, as you know, New York, and I do that there. Like, I'll buy, I'll um, pack a bag of all things I want to leave there, and then I don't have to worry about, it, you know, bringing them home. I love yeah. that, but I never thought of doing that at a hotel. Yeah, I learned that from somebody on a trip that I went with. I think it was to, to I think it was to Russia. This was quite a long time ago. And I, I said, what are you doing? And, the, and she explained to me that's what she does when she goes on her trips. I thought, well, that's a great idea so that, uh, you know, you're just replacing it with something new and leave the old stuff behind. Beautiful. I yeah, love how, that. <laughs> how about that? You know who's coming up on the, in the next half hour is Patty Grady, the founder and CEO of the Cooperstown Cookie Company. Oh, yes. Yes the best cookies, and I am sending you some of those cookies as a thank you. Yes, as, as a thank you. They're great gifts. Um, but she is a woman entrepreneur. I mean, she's like this incredible woman who started this business just, I think, what is this, four years ago, three and a half years ago, and it has just snowballed into a, a national um, cookie company. It's, like, incredible. Yeah. She is but, such a good example of, you know, a new, fresh perspective on a cookie is still a great business. 
yeah, because they're always making fun of women baking cookies. Hey, <laughs> it's true. You think that that what a, who can make money baking cookies? Uh, this woman, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, she's done some incredible things, and the cookies are fantastic. They are so. I mean, they're delicious. What can I say? But uh, so tell me. All right. So I want to know. Uh, have if you missed me since I. <laughs> oh. Catherine, we had such a good couple days. Yeah, we did. We had a great time. We really did. That was so much fun. And it was lots of fun. We, You saw the sights of Austin pretty well. I would say so. We did everything we possibly could in three days. What can I say? And Lauren has and, and, and her husband have this fantastic boat and took us out on the lake. I wasn't aware that Lake Travis, which is what, 20 minutes from the downtown Austin was so huge and so beautiful. I mean, like this kind of I, – I, somehow I pictured this sort of small man-made lake in Austin, and, and I don't know why, but it, it, I was totally wrong. And uh, with these magnificent homes on the, on, the, uh, on the lake, that was, like, incredible. It's very – would you say very California-like? Yes. Very yeah. ca- I would, yeah, because the climate is kind of that way, too. So Exactly. Yeah. And that's what's – so the rest of the, the other big cities, as you you got to experience, Dallas, Houston, they're more Texas-like. And then there's Austin, which is a little more California flavor, I think. Definitely. And you know what we did before we left? We took, I, di- I just got out of Dallas in time, by the way. It looks – I know. Yeah. The weather, you mean. The weather's yeah. still stranded there. But we had uh, the taxi driver, you know, take us to the airport when we left last Sunday, and I said, before you do that, give us a tour of the University of Texas, because we didn't get to do that. Good <laughs> for you. Yes, and I said, you know, maximize your time, folks. You know, that's what you need to do when you travel. Always maximize your time. So that was just leaving a half an hour early to the airport, not making it an extra trip. Drove around the University of Texas, which has a stadium, 50,000 people in uh-huh, almost now it's uh-huh. going to be 100,000. Yeah. That's where um, the Democratic primary was. Oh, I didn't know that. See, thanks. I have to. Uh, speaking of the Democratic, uh, what uh, I have another. You know, Elliot Spitzer. What do you think about our governor now? He's admitted to having David Patterson having affairs. Plus, his wife is admitted to having affairs. I have to say, I thought it was great that they put it out there on day one. I think he had to. Uh, thank God he did. But and what the, the thing do that you I, want to hear it though? Why do we? Why do we care? Is the question. Well, that's the point. That is, I mean, I, but he had no choice but to put it out there because if we found out, you know, two months, two years, five years into the process, you know, who knows what we would have done? But he was—he did the right thing. But the thing that's different about those that couple is that they've just said we've done this, and we're—it st- happens in relationships, and we're working through it. But why? And I. I have no criticism in terms of what they said. and I mean, I think they handled it really well. I do, too. I do, too. But as, why do we, I think we're, as the public, as John... We're, we're messed up. We just need to... <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong. Do, I don't really care who she slept with or who he slept with. Uh, I mean, it, that's up to them. And it, like, it is up to them. And it, it's a, such, we make such a big deal with it in this country. We're, we're obsessed with sex. See, most people now are not going to be able to run for office. You're going to lose a lot of good people, I think. I, that's what I think. my mother says. And your mother's right. You, you know your mother, she and I are right in sync. Your mother's <laughs> absolutely right. You've lived long enough. You're 50, 60 years old. And there's always going to be something in your closet related to sex. Or something you should or should not have done. And there's going to be a lot of talented, good people who are going to think twice about getting into politics. And I think that's a shame because we're it focusing a shame. on who they went to bed with. I mean, I, you know... 
we've got the budget. We've got a lot of other stuff to consider. Anyway, right now we have to consider going to break. And Patty Grady is here with us. Oh, She's the founder and president of the Cooperstown Cookie Company. We'll be talking to her in a moment. You're listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Sox with Lauren Beller. And don't go away because we'll be right back. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. JackLalane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Have issues, parenting, addictions, disorders, anxiety, stress. How do we expand on what's working and improve what's not? Let Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson bring you a high-energy approach to personal growth and creative life change. Listen every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Women's Channel. Let Beth bring you back to sanity with a blend of humor and perspective so you can make the change you need. Quantum Leaps with Beth Wilson, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, here on Voice America Women's Channel. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back to The Catherine Zox Show. Thanks for joining us this morning on Voice America Women's Network. Catherine Zox with Lauren Beller. And I am your social worker with a microphone, and joining us this morning in this half hour is Patty Grady. Patty is founder and president of the Cooperstown Cookie Company, which celebrates the love of baseball and the love of cookies with delightful and delicious baseball-themed cookies and gifts, and they are fantastic, I have to say. In October 2004, Patty unveiled her classic baseball shortbread at the World Series Gala, at the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And these delici- the delicious success of her baseball-shaped cookies has been heralded by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, and Town and & Country. Welcome to the show, Patty. Nice to have you on this morning. It's great to be here, Catherine. 
Thank you for sending me the cookies. They are absolutely the best. The only problem with them, it's really hard just to eat like one or two at a time. Uh, my partner and I, he and I, we took out four cookies last night and four cookies the night before, and we're trying not to eat the whole a tinful in one fell swoop because they are they're homemade. They're just like homemade cookies. Actually, they are um, a homemade recipe. Yeah. Um, very simple, just like you'd make in your kitchen. But I don't have to make them. I can get them from you, and that's the beauty of it. Not only the cookies, but the packaging. So they're great gifts. But before we get into that, okay, Patty, tell us the whole the history of the Cooperstown Cookie Company, because you are sort of the, you know, you are the entrepreneur, the role model for women, as I see it. Oh, you're so nice to say that. Well, um, the last thing I would have ever expected myself to be doing would be to have a cookie company. I should tell you first and foremost that it was completely um, on a lark. One day I said to my husband, uh, who is a fourth-generation Cooperstonian, by the way, I said, honey, um, there's some disconnect here. Uh, we're in Cooperstown, and um, and we love cookies. Why hasn't anyone done baseball cookies? So he looked at me and he said, well, I don't know. And so uh, I said, I'm going to make some baseball cookies. Now, our family has a a lovely um, uh, shortbread recipe that we've had in the family for years. And so I said, well, if I'm going to make baseball cookies, they really have to be made in shortbread because basically the the recipe um, creates the dough. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do the shortbread cookies uh, with our recipe. And I said, let me just go and and Google um, uh, go on the Internet and find a baseball cookie cutter, and lo and behold, there was no cutter available. And so um, I said, well, I'm going to have to figure this out. So I took a glass, and I took a cookie crimper, and I made a circle and then two inverted Cs, and that was it. And I showed it to my husband, and he started laughing. He took out a um, a tape measure, and he said, honey, these are the size of, of regulation baseball. So we started laughing. So I said, well, see... Something um, is calling me to do this. So um, basically, was I, he supportive, or he was he just kind of like you know? Kind he of... was. I think he was supportive because what I thought I'd do first is okay. Well, here in Cooperstown, and you know, um, and you came from a business background. We do have yes, to say that. Yes, yeah. I did come from a business background, and so I I said to myself, I think this is a great opportunity. Of course, taking an idea and putting legs on it is something else. Maybe we can talk about that later. But I said uh, what I thought was, well, um, I'd already had a business that was that was very um, robust and ongoing. Um, and I said, well, I'll just bake cookies on the weekends or in the evenings. And then since so many people come to Cooperstown, which is really um, the Vatican City of baseball, and people have their lifelong dream to come here and visit and I said, then this is a captive audience. I'll just bake cookies, and maybe I could sell them at some of the stores in town or at the Baseball Hall of Fame. That was my vision. And then... Uh, so did you write this out? This was a plan? This was yes, a business plan? Yes, I created a business plan. And, um, in fact, I had to raise some capital. I um, I used my own money, and then I was able to work, actually, originally a parlay the business for the cookie company with my other business, I've been an executive recruiter for about uh, 15 years, and that's a business that I started, and it's a home-based business. And uh, that's been, you know, a lot of fun. Uh, my recruiting has taken me primarily into um, very senior-level positions, um, Fortune 500s, um, or other search firms. 
And so I had an office already established, and I said, well, that's where I will parlay the the um, uh, cookie company business side uh, at the same time. So, so what are we talking about, Patty, and people really, women particularly, really the specifics are important. Now, from the time that you went online, found the cookie cutter, and said, oh, it's, you know, baseball size, you know, regulation size baseball cookie, um, to making the, the having your vision, writing down the plan, getting the monies. How what's the time frame for that? Well, um, started to think about this. I think I made the first cookie in uh, just about four years ago this month, in the spring of 2004. And then um, I thought, well, how am I going to do this? Um, am I going to do this by myself? Um, what is it going to take? How far am I going to go with this business? And uh, and then I um, called um, a gentleman who I had known before. His, uh, he was uh, the regional director of a consulting group called SCORE, the Service Corps of Retired Executives, which is a program that is supported by the Small Business um, SBA. And I called him, and he, I had called him because he, I had known from our past um, dealings that he had a food background. He had been a food scientist, and then he bought a fledgling company and developed it and sold it for a big wad of money. And he was quite, quite um, a nice gentleman, not too far away. So I called him, and I invited him for lunch, and I served him the cookies. And he said, you need to go with this. This is great. You've got a good background. Um, I think you you know you know certainly when you're doing a new business, uh, you can't be so starstruck with the prize. You have to figure out how you're going to connect the dots. And he said, you also know you could fail because so many businesses fail. So he was willing to help me um, refine my business plan, and really, he was going to be a, a sounding board. And I said to him, um, he said, the only problem, Patty, is that. I'm about to retire from SCORE. Um, he said, Wait, I is it SCORE, S-C-O-R, like SCORE in a baseball game? Yes, S-C-O-R-E, SCORE. And actually, you're the first one to say like SCORE in a baseball game. So see that? This was in the cards. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was right there in front right. of you. So he said he was about to retire, and I said, well, perfect. Then why don't you come and work for me? So um, he signed on as a consultant and uh, has been – he is now retired twice, actually three times. Uh, he travels. He and his wife have a great uh, life together. He's um, definitely, you know, in the shadow side, you might say, of his working um, life in terms of the time he wants to put in, but the time he puts in to me is very, very valuable indeed. In fact, I spoke with him this morning as he was driving back from his vacation in Carolina. So he's a big part of our company. So, Patty, you took your contacts your expertise, your skill, and your instincts that, and put them all together and connected with him, and he validated what you were go- mm-hmm. your vision, I guess. Right. All right, so, but, I mean, you, we're talking about this huge, successful business in only four years, which right. I guess is just mind-boggling to me, um, because it wasn't just, and I don't want to say just an entrepreneurial business, Patty, but you also combined this at your stage of the game, and you're a baby boomer, in giving back to the community because you live in a small town. You live in Cooperstown. So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't – talk to us about that because I okay, think that's Okay, that is a good the, point. Yeah. And very much from the very beginning, we we wanted to set ourselves apart as a 
company that would do well by doing good. And so um, also, for practical reasons, I did not want to have any manufacturing. I wanted to um, outsource the baking. I knew, and incidentally, um, I knew that this was, you know, that I couldn't convert my kitchen into a bakery. I didn't want to make that commitment because, as I said, I wanted to do this part-time, and so I needed a bakery. So around Cooperstown, um, you know, it's primarily a rural um, environment here. There's not very much manufacturing. So, But there, there has been um, an interesting organization called Pathfinder Village, which is a residential community for children and adults with Down syndrome. It's a 26-year-old or 27-year-old organization now, and it really um, you know, is a fascinating, absolutely outstanding organization. And they have had a bakery, a retail bakery. They had that from the day they started. So I went to the CEO, and I told him about my plan. And incidentally, before that, I went to the president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, showed him my cookies, uh, Cooperstown's a small town. You run into people at the post office and at the basketball that's, yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, that's an advantage. If, yes, if it is like an advantage. If they like you, it's an advantage. I must come yes. to a small town, too. If they don't, it's a disadvantage. That's you can't right. hide. That's you right. Know? So I, I did talk to Dale Petrovsky, yeah. who's been a great cheerleader. He said, you need to do this. And he said, yeah. funny thing, I love uh, shortbread. And by the way, um, coincidentally, there were a number of very early professional baseball players who were of Scottish-American descent. So that was something that kind of tied this historically. So I did go to, to the CEO of Pathfinder Village, told him my idea. He had me meet with his um, bakery um, operations uh, folks, and they said, we're willing to go with this, but we're not making cookies like this. Um, so I said, okay, um, if, you, if you're willing to put the time and, and the staff into it. And at that point, we said we could create a revenue stream for Pathfinder Village. Um, we said, let's figure this out. And so at that point, I said to myself, well, you know, I can make cookies fine in my kitchen. I make a couple of dozen at a time, but I need a cookie expert. So I went to Cornell University. They have a food entrepreneurship office in Geneva, New York. And I um, said, I'm planning to do this. They said, perfect, this is why we're in business, to help people like you. I said, I need a cookie expert. So they uh, gave me the name of a woman who um, had been a food scientist who was just finishing up her MBA. We talked on the phone. We met instant, instant chemistry, and I said to her, would you come on board too? And so she is my VP of operations. She has a classic uh, food uh, commercial food experience. She's you know, had, Patty, it's so interesting because a lot of people, and I, I actually had spent some time in the area where you are, and a lot of small towns, people say, well, I live in a small town. I can't do a business. There's nothing right. available to me. And what you did, you went to all the key players, and we only have a minute because we're going to come back. We have to take a short break. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you Cornell, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You took the, the Pathfinders, the group, uh, the not-for-profit to help you. So you literally took advantage of all the players in the area to put this thing together, which I think is amazing. And, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Well, that's the, I think that's the executive recruiter in me. That's the executive recruiter. Patty Grady will be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. You're listening to Catherine Zox, Voice America Women's Network with Lauren Beller. Uh, we'll be back in a minute.
talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Did you smile today? A healthy, attractive smile shows confidence and will give others a great first impression. Tune in to Dr. Chad for Smile Radio. If you have a question that you've always wanted to ask your dentist but were afraid to, Dr. Chad is here to help. Did you know there's a strong connection between oral health and general health and well-being overall? Join us every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, that's 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Smile Radio with Dr. Chad. Ladies, what are you willing to do to live the life of your dreams? Are you willing to start today? If your answer is yes, even if you are just mildly curious, you've got to tune in to Wise Divas with life coach and host Teresa Proctor each Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Start living your wildest dream today. talk with you not at you we're voice america women's radio network the new face of talk radio you're listening to the katherine zopp show on the voice america women's channel if you'd like to join our conversation this morning call now the toll-free number is 866-472-5788 that number again is 866-472-5788 Welcome back to the Catherine Zox Show, and thanks so much for joining us this morning on Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone with Lauren Deller. And joining us this morning, and I hope you've been listening, is Patty Grady. She's founder and president of the Cooperstown Cookie Company. And um, we've just been getting the really just the whole kind of history of how this whole thing began, how it started in Cooperstown, New York, which is the uh, home for the Baseball Hall of Fame. So, okay, Patty, we've gotten to the point where we've kind of put everything in place and now it's the jumping off point. You've got, you know, you're ready to go. Um, you got to market this thing. How'd you do that? Well, um, that's a good question because we wanted to have something different, and so I um, enlisted uh, the help of um, local artists. One is um, an illustrator with five New Yorker covers, and I loved her work. Her name is Lonnie Sue Johnson. Also, um, and I said, can you help me create a, a different look? And partnered her with a graphics designer who um, had been doing a lot of baseball work, and I've always enjoyed his work. He's actually done graphics work for me before. So they really um, together um, put you know, a, a distinctive look to us. In fact, our logo um, has a baseball. It, uh, the, the typeface that he used is the same typeface that used to be on flower bags. So we've kind of made this connection of baking and baseball. Baseball and cookies. And go to, yeah, and go to Patty's website. I just I sort of want to keep mentioning this because it's cooperstowncookiecompany.com, and you can order your cookies online uh, for any occasion. 
Thank you. Yes. Um, thank you. You've actually, now we I'm heard. ordering them for my co-host, Patty. I was just visiting her last week in Texas. So I hope, Lauren, she's on with us right now. And I, am, I said, yes. yeah, you are going to get a treat of your life. And for you, and she has a two-year-old, It's for these cookies are great. Grown-ups, kids, everybody. Oh, that's yeah. great Thank you. So thank much. you both. Thank you. <laughs> so um, funny thing, because um, four months into the business, I actually um, – you know, wearing a lot of hats, I have to do the, the sales and market. I had to do the, a lot of the sales and marketing, and I happened to do a cold call to the Yankees and was able to talk with the SVP of marketing, uh, Debbie Tynan, and I told her about my cookies. She said, well, funny, great call, because we happen to have a slot opened uh, for Mother's Day. Can you do 19,000 cookies for us? And I kind of took a deep breath, and I said, I, I said, that's a little more than we're used to doing because they're all done by hand. So I said, I need to, to sleep on this. And um, I thought about it. I talked with my VP of operations. I talked with uh, Dave, my uh, guru, food guru. And unfortunately, I, I had to say to, to Debbie, I'm thrilled, but we can't produce uh, the quality of the cookie that you're looking for on this short notice. So you said no? I had to say no. I mean, what did that do? I mean, you know, be careful for what you wish. That's what exactly. comes up. Exactly. Yeah. It was devastating, but Debbie said to me, I love your product. I love your connection with Pathfinder Village because, incidentally, we did commit to share profits with them from the get-go and help them promote their cause. And she said, come back to me. We'll keep in touch. So 37 phone calls later and two years later, Last April, they um, placed an order for 1,200 customized uh, cookie favors that they presented at their opening night dinner, and 500 of those were Mr. Steinbrenner's VIP gifts, so we were very pleased that that happened. And then the Yankees very generously made a very, very generous um, cash contribution to Pathfinder Village as part of that deal. So it, would, it all worked out in the long run. I think the idea to success is not a get-rich-quick, but a get-rich-slow um, process. That's certainly, I think, the route we're taking. Because and also knowing, I mean, I think a lot of businesses and, and people, I don't, I don't know necessarily particularly women, but start out at a business, entrepreneurial, um, they do take on more, they what is it, more than they can chew? I'm trying right. to use all these references. Yeah. And, and then fail because they really haven't produced the kind of product that they wanted to, and you were very clear about not doing that. I we think didn't want to compromise. We've, we've set not- a standard very high, not only in our in our cookie. It is a very expensive cookie to produce, and now with flour going up, I think my baker said the flour's gone up 375% from last year. Um, oh. We have five ingredients in our cookies. Uh, but since we we launched, um, with the help of my VP of Operations, um, Shelley, we now have cookies, our, our classic shortbread cookies in two sizes, and we came up with a small bite-sized cookie um, because we needed to have samples to have people taste, and giving them big cookies became too expensive, so I took out a shot glass and, and made <laughs> a, a little cookie. And by the way, um, backtracking a little bit, I did then uh, commission uh, a traditional cookie cutter maker, a traditional tinsmith to make prototype of our cookie cutter, I mean, of, of our, of our to create a cookie cutter for me. And, and you also have now chocolate chip, there are the ones you sent me, there's some chocolate chip cookies, yes. shortbread cookies, that yes. was just different, and some chocolate hats, those are one, yes. those are, yep. Mm-hmm. We have um, our local Amish community makes our uh, filled chocolate caps, we have um, Mudville Mudball Chocolate Chip. We have Boys of Summer Lemon. We also have All-Star Almond. So we have four flavors and two sizes. 
in the chocolate caps. And then what we did was we realized that um, baseball is such a passion and, and gift-giving is such a passion. So we've combined them and we've, we've created some really fun gift towers. Um, I think the most fun thing we did was last summer we said, let's do something for kids. And so um, kids of all ages, I should say. So we created the ballpark bunt box. I hope uh, you had a chance to see that, Catherine. I did. I'm like I'm I'm really trying to as I said I try to have a little bit each night of all the things that you <laughs> sent me so I don't eat them all at once. But, well, uh, well, what that and, has, I, and I have to tell you, Patty, we had them not with milk. We had Grand Marnier and cookies last night. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, like I don't that. know if we want to advertise that, but let me tell I you, sure folks, do. it was delicious. <laughs> oh, I'm happy with you to say that. But it was funny with um, with the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, you know, not only was um, with Dale. Per- Petrovsky is sounding board, but we said, you know, the Hall of Fame is the repository of, of you know, all of the history and all of the um, the real treasures of, of baseball, and, of course, their staff is outstanding. So Tim Wiles, who's the head of research, is another good friend, and one day I started to, uh, I, I said, I'm going to have him try my cookies, and I said, I'm going to lure you into, into loving these. And he said, you don't need to convince me. I had one bite. So I said, why don't we put our heads together and have some fun? Can you create, uh, you and your staff create some trivia, baseball trivia questions? So they did, and in each of our tins of cookies, we have a little trivia question. It's like a, ba- it's like a, a Chinese fortune, and the Answers are on the website, and they are darn hard questions. They are. I, 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 I couldn't answer those. Well, you know, I want to also, I have to interject, because Patty also, you know, we're, besides being this entrepreneur and, and uh, you have five children. I have to add, this is a woman's show, so, you know, <laughs> these ladies have to know, I mean, I, I have to, like, the utmost respect for you. Five children. Thank you. So yes. and is and is doing this at the same time. But you also mentioned because we don't have a lot of time left. Mm-hmm. Patty, you said you something new coming up, which is your blog. You just you, yep. you now have a blog. So talk to us about your blog because well, the blog is something that um, I had, um, you know, everybody was kind of buzzing about it. And I'm of the age, um, incidentally, my children, our children range from age 23 to 30. So we've already been through boot camp and everything else with raising our kids. I have the best and fullest sympathy for women who are trying to juggle everything. I was there early. Uh, I was the director of a museum and had two little babies. and uh, So I, I always struggled with guilt and with time management and money and all that stuff and having a great education and then not wondering what to do with it. So, um, But I made it through those times. And um, none of the kids is in jail. I <laughs> said, "We're Good all for you. You've done terms. it. <laughs> and they're not now, on drugs. They're not in jail. Right. You know, Good and for now's you. the greatest time because um, they're great. I think you're. You have to look at your family because they're always your best success story. And I love our kids, and they love the company. But now they're. I've let go of them. They're doing their own thing. They don't need me meddling in their in their lives. I don't have to worry if they're." Smoking, you know what, or drinking, yeah. you know what. It's up or, to them. Now it's the grandchildren. They've now, got to deal with their right. own stuff, right? And Two so, more minutes left, just because sure. we want to leave listeners with, you know, obviously go to the website CooperstownCookieCompany.com, and also the blog. We, we can. Yes, we'd yeah. love to have some feedback too. Uh, we are having a ball with this company. I have assembled this team of Cracker Jack people. 
Most of them are women with juggling kids' schedules, and um, a lot of them are local. Some of them are not local. And we just uh, get together about every, oh, three months. We have a meeting here and just have that face time together. But it's virtually a company that seems to be working uh, well. Um, the model and, Patty, you are the sort of you're, you're the best boss to have because you're not <laughs> a founder and president of Cooperstown Cookie Company, but also mother of five children. So these ladies who work for you, I mean, you understand you know, what they have to go through to get to work to do what they have to do. Right. And I think that's important. We have to say goodbye. Oh, I'm sorry you have to say goodbye because there's one quick story. Can I just tell it? We had a 30 meeting. seconds. We had a meeting and it was a snow day and I said to, to the three kids, women who had kids, bring them along. And we had a, um, a focus group because we were trying to come up with verbiage for an ad and we said, let's give this to the kids because they, they maybe will help us out. Perfect. That's and, why you're so successful. Yeah. There's no question about it. It's great. Yeah. Wonderful having you on the show. Uh, Recommend the cookies. They're just fabulous for you, for your family, and for your friends. So, Lauren, you'll be getting yours in the in the mail probably next week. So nice. Thank yeah. you. All right. Thank you so much, Patty. And, My pleasure. Uh, yeah. Have a great day. Thank you. Lauren, you too. You too, Catherine. Yeah, talk to you next week. You've been listening to the Catherine Zock Show on Voice America Women's Network with Lauren Beller. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Enjoy your day, and we'll see you next week. 